You're listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. Hi, it's Chris and Susan Beasley here and welcome to today's podcast with our very special guest, John Lee Dumas, the host of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, where we understand now latest numbers. He's interviewed, I think, something like 3,000 of the world's most successful entrepreneurs of all ages. And in 2021, he published the book, the Common Path to Uncommon Success, brilliant book, uh, Roadmap to Financial Freedom and Fulfillment. We could not imagine anyone better to ask about entrepreneurship in retirement. Welcome, John. Well, I'm excited to be here. You two are both an inspiration to everybody consuming this content. So just keep doing great things. Oh, thank you so we much. Pre- that means a lot that. to us. Thank you. So we got one question for you. So based on your experience and the entrepreneurs that you've interviewed, our question is, do you believe that entrepreneurship or starting a business for retirement is a viable option for generating additional retirement income? I don't just think it's a viable option. I think it's the only option. And this is why. What else are you going to do? You are going to be so bored so irrelevant, so useless to society when you could be the exact opposite. You could literally say, what is something that I love, that I'm passionate about, that I'm excited about, that brings me joy, and obviously in this wide world, brings other people joy, that I can identify a real problem in this passion of mine, in this excitement of mine, in this enthusiasm, a void in the marketplace that I can fill better than anybody else because everybody else is ignoring it because maybe it's such a small, tiny niche, but it needs a solution and I can provide that solution. Listen, there's a reason why retirement is the number one killer in the world because human beings are not meant to sit on their butts and watch Netflix. They're not meant to go and have nothing to do all day except play 18, 36 holes of golf Unless, by the way, you are unbelievably passionate and fired up about that, then create something that's a solution to a major golfer's problem. And that's why you need to stay relevant in this world, stay um, in a place where you are actually bringing value to human society. Back in the day, and I'm talking 50,000 years ago, when people thought being valuable to their tribe, they wandered off into the woods, and they were never heard of again. Don't be that person. You have a lot to give to this world. Wow. Well, that was the most fantastic answer, and it pretty much sums up what we keep drumming the drum and saying because, you know, we know from our personal perspective that we could not imagine retiring and playing golf. Neither of us play golf anyway, so that's that's not going to be an option. But and equally, we didn't work, want to work no. for the rest of our lives on time for money because that's where we were before we came online. So, yeah, our passion is skiing, obviously, and we want to be skiing well into our 80s and 90s if we possibly can. And that means staying well. That means having the money as well to do the things that we want to do. And that probably leads us to another question, if we can just sort of um, bring that in, is, 
how important do you think that it is that um, people like ourselves and people in retirement, um, how, how, how important is it that they actually do generate some kind of additional money for their retirement? Because, you know, like you said, we don't want to just be playing golf. We want to be doing some of the other things, supporting causes, that kind of stuff. And I think, well, we think entrepreneurship definitely opens the door to that. Anybody that tells you money can't buy happiness has never been able to hand a blank check to a cause or a philanthropic charity that they truly believe in. Because if handing a blank check to say a dog shelter, and when you are just a lover of dogs, for example, and now you're providing an amazing environment and, and homes and opportunities for these furry little critters that you're passionate about. If that doesn't bring you happiness, then you need to check your pulse because it probably is time for you to check out anyways and nothing's going to bring you happiness. So money can't bring you happiness. It's a wrong statement um, because if utilized in the correct way, which is supporting causes and, and philanthropic ventures that you truly believe in and are excited about, it will 100% bring you joy. And so if you are in a unfortunate situation, which most people are, where they're having to rely on their social security or you know whatever's left of their 401k as they go into retirement, then guess what? I'm not saying you're going to lead a, a bad life in retirement, but you're going to be, you know, having to really count your pennies, count your dollars and partition off everything for food, for expenses, for potential, you know, health disasters, whatever that might happen. And that's not a bad thing per se, but what a great thing is, is to be able to have a revenue generating passion of yours that's bringing in money, that's giving you flexibility to go above and beyond with some of the things that we already mentioned. So like, you know, like you guys can take these epic ski trips now and, you know, you can do these things because you have the security of revenue coming in that's not just covering the bare necessity. So if you could only ski one mountain for the rest of your life, what mountain would that be? Oh, now for us, that would not be difficult because we have a ski chalet in the French Alps and the mountain we look out at straight from our balcony. But uh, that is an off-piste, a super double diamond black run, and we've never done it, but we look at it and we go, one day. But one day. No, <laughs> one day. One day, but you know what? It's never going to happen. It is incredibly difficult, and our best friend there is a, a ski instructor, and he said, I could take you, but I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, to all the people that are listening, if you go to the show notes page, these two are going to post a picture of what they just described so you can see the visual. <laughs> we will definitely, definitely do that. Thank you, John. But, you know, I think you, you've really hit the nail on the head. I mean, I read somewhere that uh, they reckon that your book and your, your podcast is the modern day version of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And I would have to say, having listened to a lot of them and actually waited two years to get you on a, <laughs> on a show, um, I can see that is so important. I mean, how how many people can can you 
say that maybe that you have interviewed that are of a certain age and have inspired you to communicate that with your audience? Yeah, I'd say at least 10% of people that I've interviewed have been over 60 years old and are into their second, third, fifth career. And that's a huge number. You know, that's over 300 people, individuals over the last 10 years that I've interviewed that meet, meet that criteria. And, you know, to your comment about the book, the common path to uncommon success is the modern day version of Think and Grow Rich. And I can say that with complete humility because it's not the genius from my brain that created that book. It's the genius from the over 3,000 successful entrepreneurs that I've interviewed over the past decade. It's their genius, not mine. It's their genius that I compiled into the 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. So that's why I had to get this book out there. And I'm just so glad that it is. And thank you for your kind words. No, it's, it's a, honestly a fabulous book. We don't often write reviews. We don't often go out there and hold our hand up and say, this is amazing if it's not. But seriously, it is. And I, yeah. I have to say, the, especially what I loved is the end of each chapter where you actually put the summary of somebody in particular that you have interviewed has had some feedback that's going to help the next generation of entrepreneur coming along. I, I just think that is absolutely fabulous. We want to feel that when we leave this world, that we've created a chapter for somebody else to follow, a legacy for somebody else. It's been difficult, you know, being standing up for something that we firmly believe in. Um, and a lot of people have said, oh, why don't you just sort of, you know, make your business like for everybody? But you can't do that. You have to reach a certain audience and be able to communicate in their style and their language. And I guess you've picked that up from your interviews, too. I have a quote in that book, which is, if you try to resonate with everybody, you will resonate with nobody. And it's probably the number one mistake that most people do. And I have to beat this drum multiple times per day, week, month, because everybody that starts wants to start with some vague, broad topic solution that frankly, they are just in this, what I call sea of saturation. Yeah. It's just a sea of saturation because they just blend in to everybody else. It's those few people that are willing to make a stand, to actually stand for something specific, unique, that's underserved in the specific market that they're in right now. And that's why step one is, listen, yes, you need to identify a big idea. But then step two follows that up with saying, we need to discover the niche within that big idea that is not currently being solved. And that's where almost everybody fails. And they stay in that big idea and they get demolished and destroyed by competition that's been there for decades. And it's not even a fair fight. And they're fighting the wrong fight, which to me is so sad because they have real value to share. They're just clueless as to where to share it. I mean, I remember you interviewed Todd Brown and we've been to Todd Brown's events and we've spoken with him and he's he guided us, to be perfectly honest, with sticking to our big idea, but then niching it down, which is exactly what we've done. And, and I think what you're saying there is so valuable. I think if 
anybody takes one thing away from this, watching it and thinking about their entrepreneurship journey, it is to be that person, to stand out and have a message that resonates with a small but passionate audience who will take it forward and take it on to the next generation. And the question is, do you want to be overwhelmed by trying to be everything to everyone? Or do you just want this great feeling of saying, I can become the best at this one thing? Who doesn't want to be the best? The day that I launched this podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, I was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs in the world. I was also the worst. I was the only. And guess what? Being the only, it's okay. It's fabulous, isn't it? I mean, it's so funny because, you know, when we launched our podcast, which we, we did just before the pandemic broke out because we felt we needed to do something else, find another communication channel. We didn't have the experience that you've gained over that time. We went and learned how to do it. We, you know, we got our microphone and we set ourselves up and we used Zoom and all the rest of it. But we decided we wanted to be different. It wouldn't just be audio. It would be video and it would be a transcription that people could read. And ultimately, we'll put those together and and we have a book out of it inspired by you of course as you can can you can well see with that (laughs) but I think you know just to finish off because podcasting is you it is your baby you are the world leader pretty much in podcasting how easy is it for somebody to go out there and start a podcast and have their voice it is quite easy to get out there and start a podcast the challenge is How are you going to start a podcast that is filling a void that is currently not being filled, that is solving a problem that's not currently being solved? Because doing those things is what's going to give you the momentum and traction to actually build an audience and win with your podcast on whatever your version of winning is, whatever your definition of winning might be. So the things about getting the microphone, flipping on Zoom, hitting record, those things aren't standalone challenging, but creating something that matters, that is challenging. And there is a process to follow, which is again, exactly why I wrote this book. And it's so great to see people like yourselves following it because that just gives me this warm feeling that you are creating something of value, which is all that I can ask for. That's fantastic. Like I said, when I reviewed your book, I wish I'd had that in my hands 10 years ago because it would have been a shortcut, real shortcut. I wish I had that book in my hands. John, we have so appreciated your time. We know how precious it is. Um, Thank you for joining us today on Living the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast and Show. And we would love to have you back another time and finish this conversation and come back with some more tips and strategies. Thank you both and enjoy the ski season. Adios. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley.